the Cleveland Cavaliers select Evan Mobley. It's been a historical franchise in this league for years. We have a trade to announce. The Boston Celtics select Jason Tatum. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the NBA front office show. We took a little day off yesterday to rest up a bit because we know the trade deadline's coming up and the, the slow news days are going to be few and far between. So today we are back at it. We've got a lot more to get into. Some stuff on Ben Simmons, some stuff on Lonzo Ball. A weird situation with David Vanterpool. We'll talk about that. Lots, lots of stuff to break down. Joining me is Keith Smith at Keith Smith NBA. I'm Trevor Lane. You can find me at Trevor underscore Lane. Keith, I guess we should start with Ben Simmons. Daryl Morey gave us just a little bit of information, didn't he? Yeah, he did. He he gave a uh, interview. Not completely uncommon for uh you know I, I believe his title is now president of basketball operations but a uh a decision maker to go and give an interview to to the media and in it he talked a whole lot of things um one of the things that was funny is something we were talking about before we get started where he's like this one place you know, reported this and it was called ball sack sports and he's like and everybody ran with it and <laughs> that part's just as funny i mean maybe we'll get into that whole nonsense of this yes. time of year a little bit later but he the big takeaways were he is he's he's basically talked to every team in the league about Ben Simmons. He said that um there is a deal that could or how did he phrase it? There are probably deals with the Kings that work, mm -hmm. but it would probably need to involve a third team versus a straight deal. What was interesting is you rarely ever hear anything like that. No where it's like yeah. Oh yeah, there's a deal out there with that team that probably works. Like mm -hmm. that is so uncommon. Uh but but yeah, I mean that's that's what he said. And then he also kind of finished it off with but don't expect anything until right around the deadline, which is just more he's been down this path uh, several times and knows generally it's it's you know when you get into deadline week, which is still a couple weeks away. Um and also that if this has to, it'll go into next next year and mm -hmm. or next uh, summer and the off season and and go from there. So kind of a non update update, except for that Kings thing, which was that was you know kind of wild. Here's what I think this is because Daryl Morey's not stupid, far from it. He's not going to just say he's not going to say something without a reason. For saying it so by saying yeah i think there's something here with the kings that tells every other team that's interested in ben simmons hey the kings have a deal that could make sense mm -hmm. for them if you want him you better up that offer he also added in that it's more it's less likely than likely that a deal gets done by the trade deadline basically he did everything he could here to increase his leverage in this situation sure. hey we we don't and of course he should we don't have to trade him by the trade deadline there's no urgency here on our part unless mm -hmm. we're getting exactly what we want well we're just going to keep him we're good whether or not that's how they actually feel that is of course the right tone for a general manager to take Absolutely. so that's that's just kind of it's the game within the game here that's being played out right now that we see go on every time this time of year comes around yeah and and i think too one, one of the things he was asked about was the do you have to add something to Joel Embiid? Or are you wasting the season of Joel Embiid? And I'm very much paraphrasing, so please don't jump on us if we're getting the quotes a little bit wrong. Um, but he basically said, 
no, like we like what we have. Um, yeah. you know, we we think we're doing pretty good. And you know what? He's not wrong. They're 26 and 18. They're eight and two in their last 10 games. They are now two and a half games out of first in the East. The, the East is just so tight. Uh, one through six is two, is a two and a half game difference between Chicago and Cleveland. Uh, and then you've got a couple teams behind that. If you know the Hornets have played played better as of late, they're seven mm-hmm. and three in their last ten. And then if you know any uh, one from the Washington, Boston, Toronto, New York group ever kind of pulls their heads out of their rear ends, uh, they could probably start climbing up the standings too. Uh, so yeah, it's just, I mean, it is super condensed impact uh, there. And I think what's really interesting is that it, it, you can look at that two ways. You can say, we don't need to do anything. We're mm-hmm. already pretty good where there's no reason to rush this. Or you can look at it and say, well, if you're already this good and in this good a place, what if yep. you go replace that zero you get from Simmons every day with something? Yo, would you jump up the standings even more? And that's that's the kind of back and forth. And, you know, that's the conversation that's playing out in Philly's front office. I don't know who because I and I would never say who who. But I know there is someone in that front office who every day when they meet as a staff is like, we got to do it. We got to trade them. We got to oh, go get sure. what we can yep. to go all in because you don't want a bunch of people that sit around and have the exact same ideas. Cause then you get groupthink and mm-hmm. that's not productive, echo but chamber. you know, yeah. And then there's people on the other side saying, ah, we can be patient. We don't need to do this. And you know, and that's, that's how it's playing out right now. So uh, long story short, don't expect a Ben Simmons uh, Woj bomb in the next uh, week here. Probably, if anything, it's going to go right down to deadline week. Especially if Murray feels fairly confident that, hey, maybe, you know, if we decide that we want to go this route, there's a Kings deal out there that makes sense. Yeah. Cool. That deal's not going to go anywhere in the next two weeks or whatever. So he's, he can sit back and say, all right, let's see what else comes in. And then if we decide that we definitely want to trade him, all right, then maybe we do this Kings thing or maybe the Kings up their offer, you know, whatever. Let's see how this plays out as we get closer to the deadline. And that's where we could get a pretty exciting February 10th, which which would be good for you and me. Yeah, we'll have the Simmons siren ready to go. That's right. The Simmons trade goes down or or there's even a real quality rumor. We will we will sound the Simmons siren long and loud, but we're just not there. Not Not yet. Not yet. Uh, Lonzo Ball, arthroscopic surgery on his knee, out six to eight weeks. What is is Chicago? There's so much fun this season. They've been so great, but still just getting hammered by these injuries. So Lonzo is now out for a while. He's been a major piece for them. Now that he's got his three-point shot down, that's starting to to fall with regularity. And now he's going to be out for the next six to eight weeks. That's a big blow. That's a big blow for the Chicago Bulls. Absolutely. Yeah. And they're without Zach Levine. We don't yep. have a timeline on Levine. They, they, but most we have at this point is it's not serious. Um, you know, his knee injury, but, but we don't know when he'll be back. They just got Alex Crusoe back, uh, just the, 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 over the last couple of games. So, I mean, they're hanging in They're They're still percentage points ahead of Miami for the first seed in the East. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's, you know, good, but they're, they're starting to slip. The defense is starting to slip. Uh, they're down at 20th, uh, using basketball references, uh, you know, a version of defensive rating. Offense is great. Fourth uh, in the league. That will probably, if Levine's out for more than another week or so, that'll probably slide a little bit. But I think they still stay top 10 with the way DeRozan and Vooch and the rest of the guys and the young guards. I mean, Io DeSunmu and Kobe White are playing awesome yeah. uh, for, for these guys. So that is the one 
kind of plus, but defensively it's been tough because where they were making a lot of hay was when they were closing games um, or playing key minutes with Vooch, DeRozan, Levine, and then putting Ball and Caruso out there as kind of the perimeter duo and saying, you know, go, you know, wreak havoc. And those two guys, good size, they're quick, they're they're both fairly strong, they have good length, so that that really allows them to protect Vooch because how you protect Vooch is you just don't let guys get to him. You don't get beat on the perimeter. That's how you can get away with him out there. So the other thing is their net rating has started to drop off too. They're, they're mm. plus 2.4 now. And that's, that's also a little tough to, you know, exactly, you know, where, where is that going to go? So uh, just, you know, signs of, you know, cracks here for the bulls. And again, not to beat a dead horse, but the East is so compact. You have a rough you know, week or two. You could all of a sudden slide down in the standings uh, several spots. Well, here's the thing, though. If you're if you're the Chicago Bulls, there's nothing you can do about Lonzo, right? Six to eight weeks, that's the timeline. It's not like you can rush him back or, or whatever. Zach Levine, if I'm the Bulls, I'm not worried so much about what's happening right now. I'm not worried so much about five and five nope. in their last 10 or any of that kind of stuff. They've shown that when they're healthy, they are one of, if not the best teams in the conference. Great. Now, if you drop to second, you drop to third, you drop to fourth, okay. That's that's not ideal. Ideally, you'd love to have home court advantage throughout the playoffs, but the most important thing is that you're healthy. And when you've got an explosive, violent athlete like Zach Levine, who jumps in the air with just this insane bounce, mm -hmm. you got to be careful with knee stuff because he yep. goes up, he comes down with so much force. If you are not careful with a knee injury, you could turn it into something that becomes much, much worse. So if I'm the Bulls, I'm being overly cautious with Zach Levine right now. I would sacrifice dropping in the standings a little bit if it means a healthy Zach Levine come playoff time. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, you're you're not going to rush these guys back. There there was reporting yesterday that Lonzo was considering playing through uh, the, this meniscus tear that he mm -hmm. has too. And ultimately they decided, no, let's get this cleaned up and, and go. And, you know, that's 100% the right decision. But yeah. Whenever anybody plays through those, I get it if it's, you know, game, you know, six or sure. seven of the conference finals and you're like, hey, I'm going to gut this out. Like, that's different. But if it is, like we're we have roughly half a season to play, like no way. And in by all accounts, he should be back before the end of the regular season. It'll be be about pro probably closer. Reading all the stuff I've read, it's generally closer to the eight weeks than mm -hmm. it is the six. Um, even if six weeks is when he's kind of cleared, it'll take a couple weeks then to get ramped back up. Uh, but yeah, it's it's that's the right decision right decision to be cautious with the lean yeah. i do wonder if this changes their kind of calculus going into the deadline yes. are you looking a little different now and saying all right let's let's really make make this run and i said this on the uh the spot track podcast today um that we recorded this morning i don't think there's a team in the east that should be making a go for it move more than chicago i think you're really really close I get it. Patrick Williams and Kobe White are fun young players, mm -hmm. but man, if you can really push in and go get Harrison Jim, Barnes or Jeremy, Jeremy Grant, Grant yep. you know, go get one of those guys and really, because at that point, you might have launched yourself into being the favorites in the conference. And it, I don't know how many great years you're going to get out of DeRozan the rest mm -hmm. of the way, and how many more you know really good, solid, productive years are going to be with Vooch and you know all these other things. I, I'm just I'm a big fan of when you're truly close, push in and go for it. And really make run absolutely absolutely and where where the bulls have been 
in the past however long right i mean almost since michael jordan retired right sure. the, the yep. first time was where the bulls have been since that to give bulls fans a shot at a championship or my goodness maybe even a championship maybe the at the end of this they're the ones hoisting the trophy that would mm-hmm. be a well pun yeah. intended unforgettable season, right? I mean, <laughs> and, to, and to have this opportunity in front of them, I don't think many people were projecting. We thought the Bulls would be better, but I don't think mm-hmm. many of us were projecting they could be, perhaps even a title favorite this year. And yeah. when you have that opportunity in front of you, you take it. You don't let this slide. So I would actually be surprised if we don't see the Bulls, at the very least, do everything they can to pull off something here by the trade deadline. Yeah, and, you know, uh, in the spirit of self-accountability here, I had the Bulls ninth in mm-hmm. the East. I was not bought in to to what they did this offseason. So it could they, they were, as I'm just I'm glancing very quickly through this, the Bulls and the Lakers were the two teams I was most wrong on. Mm-hmm. Um, the the yeah, Lakers, I don't really reasons. feel bad for. <laughs> yeah, opposite reasons, exactly. I don't really feel all that bad about the Lakers because I think a lot of us were wrong on them. Um, but the the Bulls, I like, yeah, I mean, that, that was a miss on my part. I just, I, I didn't buy into it. I didn't think it was going to fit. And, you know, here they are. So, yeah, hey, it's it, absolutely load up, go for it, chase it down, you know, do what you got to do because it's just, you don't know, you can't go into this saying, all right, we've got a window here of four years no. or anything like that. It just, it doesn't work that way. It never ends up going that way unless you're, and even I was going to say, unless you're a super young team, that's got all these pieces. But look at the Celtics, right? We would have said a few years ago, man, they just started that yep. window. When they made that East finals, when Jason Tatum was a rookie, we would have said, well, that's it. I mean, they're going to, LeBron's out of the East now. They're going to run the East for the next several years. And I mean, they made it back to the conference finals again a couple of years ago, but now it's starting to go sideways and doesn't look as good. So, yeah, if you're close, go for it. That's always my opinion on that. With shorter contracts and player movement mm-hmm. the way it is, there's never a guarantee that tomorrow is going to bring the championship yep. that you don't get today. So something you got to go for when you have the opportunity. Um, Absolutely. The Denver Nuggets did free up a roster spot in their in their recent trade. However, and that got them uh, Bryn Forbes. However, they have signed DeMarcus Cousins on yeah. a 10-day. So they're keeping that open roster spot right now. Maybe eventually Boogie gets that. But Boogie Cousins is signing a 10-day contract with the Denver Nuggets. See if he can stick there. Did show some things with the Milwaukee Bucks this mm-hmm. season. So solid, you know, low-risk move for the Nuggets. Yeah, and it's they put a lot on Nikola Jokic uh, kind of by design. They, they had to just with no Jamal Murray and then uh-huh. Michael Porter Jr. going down. But their backups, Jermichael Green's been out for a little bit now. Uh, Jeff Green is having to play more than I think they're comfortable with at this point in his career. And then Zeke Naji has had moments, uh, second-year player behind um, them. But you just want one more guy. And if Cousins can come in and give you 10 you know, 15 minutes a night where Jokic can get a little bit of a breather. That's great. You know, that that'll help preserve him as they go. And I mean, and it's, you know, that's it. I get it though. If you're Michael Malone, it's going to be hard to take Jokic off the floor Mm -hmm. because he's just so good. I mean, he is, he was great last year when he won the MVP and he might be having an even better season this year. I mean, he's been been that good, but yeah, I mean, that's, and you're right. Do it as a 10 day, kind of keep your flexibility, see, yep. see what comes and, you know, go, go from there. It's like, uh, not to be rude, rude towards DeMarcus cousins, but teams weren't exactly, you know, jumping at the chance to sign him or he would have been signed by now. So this is a good opportunity to, you know, good for him. 
see if he can stick and good for the Nuggets to keep that flexibility. Exactly. Similar to the reason why, you know, the Lakers have kept Stanley Johnson on a 10 day contract. Yep. It's you, it may end up not being needed. It may be that the opportunity sure. to use that extra roster spot to take on a salary in a trade or whatever it is that you're going to do with it just never appears. But yep. unless you keep that flexibility, then you don't you don't have the possibility of that being out there. And so who knows what's going to fall into their laps in the next 10 days. So might as well keep them on a 10-day contract for now. And then when the time comes, if you still have that open roster spot, you still want them, cool, there you go. Mm-hmm. Um, David Vanterpol, did you see this, Keith? <laughs> I did see the, the this. Coaches getting involved. This is, this is a little bit like it reminds me of the Jason Kidd hit me moment when he's holding the drink. A little bit. A yeah. little bit in terms of a coach kind, kind of, of the doing opposite. something a little shady, but a little, yeah, <laughs> kind of the opposite here because he actually made himself an extra defender while he's on the sidelines. I believe the pass was going to Kyle Kuzma into the corner and yeah, it was either going to him or he or threw from it. it was one, it was or, one the or the other. other. Yeah. yeah. It was, it was late one night when I was watching this, but, but he yeah. reaches out and hits the ball. <laughs> and now the nets and Vanterpool have been fined as a result. I've seen though, some wizards fans saying that the fine was not enough, that this was not enough for a coach getting involved in the play, particularly because the referees didn't catch it. What did you, what do you think about that? Yeah. I mean, was it 25 and 10, of- I think. Yeah, it was 25 to the organization, uh, 10 to to Vanterpool. Fines in the NBA are largely kind of pre-described, like they're called out. And uh, whether it be the CBA, some uh, stuff lists what the fines or amounts are, like for technical fouls, ejections, things like that. And then other things where this is not obviously a CBA thing, because this is a coach in an organization, it's called out in the operations manual. So it's it's you know sometimes it'll be i can't believe they did this but if you look 25k is about the max a team gets fined for for an offense that's not something that's like under the table you know salary cap circumvention like that becomes a bigger thing or yeah you know the whole uh stuff that went on with the um bulls and the heat with the you know uh uh tampering this offseason all that kind of stuff that those are different right and that's where the commissioner has some some power to do what he needs to but yeah i mean the reality people have said well what would have happened if the refs did see it well it's a technical foul Mm -hmm. because it's bench interfering with play so it would have been a technical foul washington would have got a shot would have got the ball back the refs didn't see it i don't really know how they missed it yeah um you know i I get it stuff the corner there gets kind of tight um it will be funny now to see the nets next game like are they all like gonna be like glued to their seats you know (laughs) not not standing up at all Uh, are they gonna move vanterpool behind the bench or something you know and say hey you're gonna sit in the second row of assistants um so that would be just kind of funny but it's it's uh yeah i mean it's unfortunate and it's something where the league a couple years ago Remember, it used to be guys would shoot a corner three, and if it was in oh. front of the opposing bench, they'd stomp on the floor and yep. clap and yell and scream and all that stuff. Uh-huh. The league has tried to crack down on, like, hey, knock knock it off. And the last season and a half, it wasn't as bad because you had the spread out benches. Mm-hmm. You had the guys, you know, did sometimes two, three deep rows on the bench. So it, did, it looked very different. Even in the bubble, it was almost like there, there was like the hockey boards, right. you know, there that they were, they were all behind. So it didn't end up uh, looking the same way with that. But yeah, it's, uh, I mean, I, I don't know. I get why Wizards fans are angry. I'll also say this because I've seen someone like it costs us the game. It happened with almost six minutes left to go in the fourth quarter. It didn't cost you the game. You'll make another basket, make another play. I mean, let's get real about that. 
Yeah, I don't think, like, if this was Wizards are down one and the ball's being swung for a wide open shot yeah. in the corner, I, you know, and there's three seconds left, just, okay, maybe, maybe, Completely. right? But but sure. I don't think you can look at this as this cost you the game. Sure, ultimately, yeah. maybe that play could have. Maybe it, it's possible, you know, maybe Kuzma yeah. or whoever was shooting there would have hit that shot and the whole game would have swung in the Wizards' favor and, the, and maybe. Okay. Related, semi-related. When I was a kid, when I was in high school, I actually missed a game winner mm -hmm. um, from from. It was about a 15 footer on the baseline, and and I missed, and I was just destroyed. Like I was so upset. It was one of the few games. My dad traveled for a living, so wasn't always able to be at my games. And he was there was one of the few games he was at, and I just was you know just ruined. I was so upset, and I'll never forget him saying, "Hey, remember when this other kid on the team?" missed that jump shot remember when when this guy missed that free mm -hmm. throw and i'm like yeah and and he goes well if they'd made it your shot wouldn't have mattered and it was just his way of being like hey it's never one person right. it's never one play like and you know and now that's true i get it when it's like you miss a wide open layup to win the game like mm -hmm. that's different right <laughs> then you can kind of say like oof you know that was bad but it's it, it really it we we think it comes down to one play and often it it does, it does. but you know, do something better earlier in a game and you're not going to be in that position anyway. True. True. But in any event, David Vanterpool, not, not correct to, to do what he did. Um, and so <laughs> no, the fine, yeah. I think is, is very much, <laughs> is very much appropriate. You know, it's not, yep. we can't just say, just say, Oh, well he did it. Get over it because really yeah. he shouldn't have done that. Uh, yeah. he, he shouldn't have done <laughs> yeah. that. And I will say in his defense, at least it wasn't like he saw a player running down the floor and tripped him or, or <laughs> saw the player coming and then reached out and hit. Like it was just a, quick yeah. reaction where he probably <laughs> I, I, did it and went oh no oh god <laughs> what did still, i do <laughs> it was funny because it was like what are you doing yeah <laughs> look at this play it's all over the place yeah. on uh social media you can look it up if you probably just go on twitter and search vanderpool you'll it's probably there. get a million yep. uh copies of it but yeah i was like what are you thinking i mean it was all it, it was similar to in the bubble do you remember celtics raptors Nick Nurse was a mile out of the coach's box, hanging out all the way deep <laughs> in the right. corner and wearing a gray shirt in the Celtics pass to him <laughs> and went out of bounds. And it was like, wait, why is he even there? Right. Like, yeah, I mean, it's just, yeah. But I somehow I don't think we're going to see coaches getting deflections become the new defensive strategy for <laughs> defending the corner three. That's going to be the new stat that we're, that we're tracking, coach deflections. Right? Yeah, <laughs> you know, that's going to get pricey, that, that strategy. Uh, you mentioned sometimes a game hinging on somebody missing a layup or something like that. So with that, let me transition into talking about Russell Westbrook. Um, he had some comments recently. So Westbrook in the last game against the Indiana Pacers, which the Lakers somehow found a way to lose, um, Westbrook got benched for the final almost four minutes of the fourth quarter. This is something that over on Lakers Nation we've been talking about a lot heading into the game. Is it time to finally make that change uh westbrook has this uh he's got this habit of missing big shots late in games at least this season anyway and we've also seen some costly turnovers now he's done much better on the turnovers in the last few weeks but uh frank vogel went ahead and benched him for the final four plus or four ish minutes of that game the lakers lost anyway didn't and didn't result in getting a win and then afterwards westbrook did not talk to the media uh he did give an interview to adrian wojnarowski today uh, basically explaining that he was disappointed that he wasn't back in the game, but he was more frustrated that they lost than anything else. And that him leaving without talking to the media, he was actually asked by uh, by the Lakers organization 
to not talk to the media. Um, maybe they, you know, guessed some of the questions that were begin going to be coming his way. But in any event, he was upset that he had been characterized as having like stormed off. And he said that that was indeed not the case. So interesting situation. We'll see where things go from here. Uh, but for the Lakers and for Frank Vogel, they're in a situation where they have to win games regardless of what it looks like when they win, regardless of whatever it takes, whoever needs to be on the floor in order to win, win a game, that's what they need to do. And if that means benching what Russell Westbrook, it appears like that's now a line that they are willing to cross. Yeah, I think, you know, I know you've spent a lot of time on it and you guys are closer to it than I would ever be. Uh, so check out that coverage on Lakers Nation. But for my thing is, you're 22 and 23. Mm -hmm. Nothing can really be off the table yep. at this point. It needs to all be out there of if this is what we need to do, this is what we need to do. It's kind of, I think of this similar to we're playing LeBron James at the five. Like, yeah. it's, is that what anybody wants? No, of course not. But it's what we need to do because that's what we think is best to win games. I will also say, too, is I'm not going to say Russ might not have made a few plays in that final five minutes or so of that game sure. to help them win because he may have. But the reality is they basically traded points the rest of the way in that game. Um, I want to say they were down seven or something and they lost by seven. I know it's 10, 10 uh, was the, the, the scoring for both the Pacers and the Lakers uh, after Westbrook was taken out of the game. Yeah. So it's not, it's, it, you know, it's not, it's not like you can look at it and be like, Oh man, he was out. Look how great we were. We made this huge comeback that just right. fell short. That didn't happen. It also isn't, you, you don't have the, the ammo to say, well, taking him out, see what it, you know, it ruined everything. And we fell completely apart. I think the reality is this is probably much like if you'll believe some reports, Frank Vogel's coaching status, it's probably a game by game thing. Yep. You know, where it is. Yeah. All right. If he's going good, you keep him in. If he's not going so good and you've got, you know, I, I don't know. You've got uh, Austin Reeves is cooking. You play Austin Reeves um, because there's just that you, you don't. This is now gone past the point of you don't need to have him out there if he's not playing well. You know, whereas like LeBron has the status of LeBron can be two for 10 from three in a game. And you're still going to drop that final play oh, if you're sure. going to have the ball. Right. Uh, Russ, we're probably past that point, at least for right now, you know, and. My guess, too, is knowing Russ's history, it would not surprise me if we see him come out. I, I think they play tonight, right? They play the Magic tonight. Um, well, it's the Magic, so that maybe isn't the best example. But sure. let's just use it anyway. He may come out and have one of those 40-point triple-doubles where he's just a dominant machine because mm -hmm. we see that sometimes with him. When you challenge him, then it's like, Oh, you, you don't want me to shoot jumpers? Fine. I'm going to take it to the basket every single time. And then people go into, well, why can't he do this every night? Well, because he's old and he can't do that every night. You know, he doesn't have that anymore. But yeah, I mean, I have no no issues with, with this. I continue to think this is all leading to not good stuff for yeah. anybody. Probably Frank Vogel ultimately gets fired and comes a mess. I think Russ's comments to Woj were fine. I think, he, you know, oh, yeah. uh, you know, of course, this was written, could, so we don't know the tone. Could have been much worse. Could, yeah, he could have complained and said, you know, Vogel sucks and they don't respect me <laughs> right. and all this other stuff. And he, you know, he basically said, hey, it happened. I'm disappointed, but I'm more mad we lost. And mm -hmm. that's probably the 
best attitude you're going to get out of somebody, even if there's a little covering being done there. But yeah, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it is what it is at this point. Yeah. He said his focus is on trying to win games moving forward. Also say that, um, so Frank Vogel, it got out that he had permission from management to do this. Mm -hmm. And in general, there's, it's kind of a weird vibe. Like why should a coach have to go to management to get permission to, to manage their players? But you have to remember the amount of assets the Lakers gave up in order to get Russell Westbrook, the yep. perception around the NBA. If he does get benched, what this means, this is going to be a big story. The entire organization will have to deal with it, right? So in this specific situation, him making a decision to bench a player, it's more than ju- it's more than like if, say, Austin Reeves or THT or whoever, right, is, is sure. not having a good game and so they doesn't play in the fourth. Yeah. This is going to be a bigger story than that. And also say that in this game, he had, it wasn't just oh, Westbrook is terrible. I can never play him in the fourth quarter. It was very specific. Westbrook was told, don't let Karis LeVert go right. This is our scheme. This And whether that's the right or wrong scheme, this is what yep. we're trying to do. And he didn't execute that. And so mm-hmm. Frank Vogel said, okay, well then I'm going to put in somebody who will do what I want them. Now again, Karis LeVert went off anyway. It didn't end up mattering. Sure. But that was the game plan. Vogel saw that, that Westbrook was not following that game plan. And so he benched him. And so in my mind, from a coaching perspective, I've got no problem with that. No, I think there are literally three players on that roster that he'd have a conversation with the front office about if he benches them, it's LeBron, Russ, and AD. Yep. Anybody else is good. And we also don't know, did Vogel go to Rob Palenka and crew and say, hey, here's what I'm thinking I may need to do. And did they say, fine, you've got our full support? Or did they go to him and say, hey, you know, if you need to do this, like you've got right. our support. We we don't know how that played out. We probably won't know how mm-hmm. that plays out until, you know, probably a year later after all this is, you know, resolved and sorted or whatever. Well, you know, maybe that story will come out then. Those That's how those things tend to go. Rob, hey, let's move. Let's stick with the Pacers. For, okay. For yes. Here. Let's get to that. Um, Demonis Sabonis, after we last recorded, I think the last things we talked about was – hey, maybe uh, the Kings are interested in trading for him. And then uh, then he went out and sprained his ankle. Uh-huh. And sounds like it's he stayed in that game to finish off that game against the Lakers, um, if I remember correctly. Um, and I think he hit a couple big shots late. He did, indeed. Um, but then right after that game, Rick Carlisle said he's got what's probably a pretty significant ankle injury. We did not hear anything beyond that, except he did not play last night on Thursday night against the Golden State Warriors, nor did Miles Turner, nor did Karis LeVert, and nor did Pacers Malcolm Brogdon, nor did TJ Warren, who would have been their starting small forward. So there's their entire preseason starting five, as well as TJ McConnell, who would have been their sixth man. Top six players out for the Indiana Pacers. And they went in and kicked the Warriors' tails. <laughs> it doesn't even make sense. No. This is absolutely one of the most improbable wins. What was the over I can under? remember? It was like 13. I think it was minus 13 going into the game for the Warriors. Yeah. And it, it and probably I probably would have and I probably would have bet the Warriors side on that. Yeah. And in in when I say kick their tails, they did not blow them out. It went in all but they, but they won. And they won, but they won. And it's you know, here's the guys who here's was the, the Pacers starting five. Goga Batadze, Tori Craig, Justin Holiday, Chris Duarte, and Kiefer Sykes. The people watching our show, I know you love the NBA. If you're watching NBA front office show, you're probably pretty deep into you know, how much you like like the NBA. I bet some of the people are like, I don't, I didn't 
who's Kiefer Sykes? Yes. Like, you know, who is this guy? And, you know, I mean, he, he played pretty good. The Warriors' attitude in this game literally seemed like from the jump of, all right, we're here, give us our win and let us go home. And the Pacers' attitude was, now nah, we're, we're going to make you work for it. And then it reminded me of when you're watching the NCAA tournament mm-hmm. and the double-digit seed, it's all of a sudden it's right. under eight timeout and they're still in it. And it's all of a sudden the better team is like, oh, crap, Uh-oh. they're they're not going away. Right. They're now we're they're here and this is going to be a fight the rest of the way. I mean, cats off to the Pacers with this group. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I don't think it changes anything. I don't think they'll look at it and say, yeah, we can trade all those guys. Look, we don't need them. We don't them, need them. We're better without them. No. <laughs> yeah, we're better with them. I mean, that gets a little too, too <laughs> crazy. But I do think the Pacers are sitting here now. You know, I mean, they're, they're coming off two, two good wins in a row for them. And, you know, at least you're feeling a little good about this um you know chris duarte great in that game uh their other first round pick isaiah jackson uh he played really well and kind of his first extended minutes um so yeah in the in the warriors played awful i mean they were just absolutely rotten and just you know they threw the ball all over the gym i mean they had 21 turnovers like that's just you know i mean that's you're not gonna win games you know doing that kind of stuff if the opponent is engaged and, and into it so just yeah, you know, we we don't do the game coverage like like we were doing before, but this yeah. is a that this one deserved it because it's just kind of funny. Absolutely, and uh, we'll see what this Sabonis ankle injury does yeah. heading into the trade deadline. Like, what if if Sabonis is out through the trade deadline, and Turner is out through the trade deadline? What what happens with the Pacers? I mean, you can certainly still trade these guys, but our team's going to be as willing to give up stuff if they if they're currently injured. We'll have to see what that what that looks like um the nets speaking of trades the next are gonna, nets are going to try to find a new home for paul Millsap, uh someplace where he can get some more minutes it shouldn't be be tough to find a deal there but certainly Millsap hasn't quite provided what the nets were hoping yeah. that he would and i mean i guess good on them to to honor his request here and try to find a, a different place for him to play maybe where he can play a little bit of a bigger role yeah, I mean, we're at the point now with the Nets. Uh, he was inactive last night, which is probably likely to be his status now moving forward mm-hmm. that this has come out. But they are starting two-way players uh, and late first-round picks and those kind of things with guys out up front. And Vilsap still couldn't crack past those guys. So I think the Nets are really kind of looking at it as, you know, hey, it's you know, it's just not going to be a thing here for us. I, I think it's clear now too. He is very much a five now. I don't think mm-hmm. he has the foot speed to play out on the perimeter as a four anymore. I just don't think that's workable. Um, but some team will say, you know, we could use a big, sure. you know, we, we, we can use one more guy. He's on a minimum deal. So very easily movable. And I'm guessing the nets may want to do this without even anything coming back. So that way they can open up a roster spot. Yep which either will be helpful for them at the trade deadline or what they can do then is convert uh, one of their two two-way players, uh, Kessler Edwards or David Duke Jr., who have both played very well for them at times. And, but the reality is uh, Edwards is starting and you are you get overly reliant on a two-way player, you're in trouble because they're not playoff eligible. Right. So if this becomes a situation where you think at all either Edwards or Duke might be a playoff guy for you, then you have to um, 
you know, get, get a roster spotting and get them converted over. So yeah, my guess is this will come down to probably closer to the trade deadline. And then some team that's, you know, Hey, we, we could use a big, we'll say, Hey, what, what do you think? You know, can we make this happen? He was close to going to Chicago and golden state. I think yeah. were his two teams, uh, if not Brooklyn and, uh, hey, golden state's a little harder to find the easy roster spot. I don't know that they have one. Um, but Chicago, you know, they, they've got a cut. They could probably make and say, yeah, let's make this work. Sure. Yeah. I think he'll wind up, he'll wind up somewhere. Sure. Um, Part of the Cam Reddish deal had Solomon Hill going to the Knicks, and as expected, the Knicks have waived Hill. Uh, this was just, you know, the Knicks agreed as part of the deal to eat this salary from yep. Solomon Hill, and now, again, not a surprise, he's out for the season with an injury, so not, again, this is what we expected to happen here, and uh, Solomon Hill will rehab, and then he'll try to land with another team next uh, offseason. Yep, and we're hearing Cam Reddish may make his debut this weekend Ooh. for the Knicks. Sounds okay. like he's uh, getting, getting close there, and they... They could use, I mean, not, I mean, they can definitely use him, but the, the Knicks are, they, they've, you know, been struggling a little bit mm-hmm. uh, recently. So anybody who can come in and give them a little extra pop, I, I think would be very welcome. Uh, RJ Hampton, just to round out some of our news for the Orlando Magic, out two to four weeks dealing with an MCL sprain and a bone bruise. The yep. two to four weeks, that raises my eyebrows a bit there. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if it's longer. Because these are the kinds sure. of injuries that can linger. I hope it's not. I hope I no. hope that he gets back yeah. as quickly as possible. But just kind of be aware that these are the kinds of injuries, particularly when you hear such a wide range, two to four weeks, mm-hmm. like it could wind up being longer. That it just gonna it's just gonna depend on the progression here. And sometimes these are the things that can take a while to I mean, ask Kendrick Nunn, right? These things take yeah. a while. Yeah, and the thing that sucks is Hampton was one of the few Magic players. Uh, Tim and Franz Wagner, I think, were the only two that had been available for most games uh, this year. A lot of other guys had been in and out of the lineup, you know, all season long. Um, and Hampton was getting minutes, and that's what he needs. On the plus side, it sounds like Markel Fultz may be getting close-ish. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe sometime in the next week or two. Uh, there, the reports um here in Orlando, Benny's been uh, getting into contact practices and the like. Uh, they've even, you know, a player's getting kind of close when they let the reporters in at the end of practice and they see yeah. that player out there doing stuff. And there, there's been uh, some some snippets of that shared. So he, he sounds like he's getting close. Still, no word on Jonathan isaac um but yeah i mean it's just anytime a young player on a rebuilding team who needs minutes is out it's just it, it's just time lost it's just valuable development time that's gone by the wayside which means that now if franz wagner is is the guy the one guy left that is getting regular minutes or that has been available for most of the season that means the magic are now in an only franz scenario that's it to steal yeah your just like i'm an only franz account on twitter <laughs> it, perfect well done all right um <laughs> keith i know we have a a psa to do on the trade yes. deadline do we want to squeeze that one in here tonight? yeah let's do this really quick and okay. we're probably going to repeat this guys follow your news breakers yes. if you have to set up a list on twitter put your notifications on for Woj and shams you're gonna have the fake accounts that yep. are fake shams fake Woj. we've Look all been gone for the blue check mark yeah look for the blue check mark you know go to their account if something seems off like click on them and go look for the tweet yourself uh we've all been caught i've been caught too you know generally it's someone retweets and i'm like oh crap and then i retweet and in somewhere some you know 14 year old is laughing and thinks they're funny 
The other ones, though, that are kind of worse, because most of those get caught pretty quick, those fake ones, are these accounts where they've got 500 followers somehow. They were a lot of times these accounts were opened a month ago. um, And all of a sudden they're breaking major news. Sources. Right. Yeah, sources tell me Ben Simmons is being traded to, you know, the you know San Francisco 49ers and we'll play football now. Like, <laughs> it's like, you know, oftentimes it's, you know, crazy stuff. But it's stuff then, that's close enough to where people yeah, people yeah, go, that ooh, a, that's happening? Yeah. You know? Yeah, and sometimes right. it's built off others reporting of, mm-hmm. you know, you know, we just talked a lot about Simmons to the Kings maybe. So it's Ben Simmons being traded to the Kings. Sources tell me this is not a gatekeeping thing. Because neither Trevor or I believe in the gatekeeping that goes on uh, in the media quite a bit. But just if it's that big, Shams, Woj, Chris Haynes, Mark Stein, they're going to get it. Uh, maybe a local Philly writer or a local Kings writer. Mm-hmm. Maybe the one who actually gets it and you know gets it out there. It's pretty rare that uh, one of these comes out. As I said to Trevor, I'm okay with dismissing the one time out of a million that one of these random people has actual news and I miss it and good for them. Cause sometimes that's how people, you know, get their bump and make uh-huh. their living off it, but just be careful where you're getting your news. And the other thing um, we don't need every report sent to the two of us every five seconds. Um, you know, Hey, have you heard this? You know, is this true? This? Yeah. Yeah. Is this true? Um, one is chances are, we don't know. That's not the world we live in. Um, necessarily. Um, and the reality is the answer most likely is no, that's not a real thing. So just, you know, a, a little thing there. I, I don't know if you've got anything to add to that. Yeah. So I've got a few things. I actually, I'm, I'm going to produce a little PSA for, for maybe Instagram or something like that, a very short version. And just, here's what, here's what I've got. So you've got to check like Keith, Keith has been saying, check your, your source. Who is it coming from? Is that person someone reputable? But then you also have to follow the trail. So, for example, there was a a post that was going around on Instagram that stated something and then cited the work of somebody who is legit, said it was coming from a legitimate source. Go back and look. Did that person actually say that? Because don't just assume that because this account that you've never heard of is saying this person said that, that they actually said it. I found a lot of stuff in that in that realm that has been completely yeah. wrong where they're just attaching someone legit's name to it to make it sound better and get themselves more followers, more clicks, whatever it is they're looking for. You'll also find people who will twist things to so that the headline will read whatever it is you want to call it clickbait, right? But who the headline will read what they want it to say, even if the actual subject, the actual quote or whatever they're getting says the opposite. People are mm-hmm. unscrupulous with this stuff. So be careful yep. with that. Be careful who it is that you're listening to right now this time of year. Because this is when you get a lot of accounts popping up, just trying to get a lot of followers, trying to get clout, if that's what you want to call it. And they will put out there whatever they think is going to get that interest. They want you to believe that they've got inside sources. And for me, again, like he said, sometimes, every once in a while, one of these might be right. But most of the time I look at it and think, okay, why does this random egg avatar have information that none of the big guys have? The guys who do this professionally for a living don't have. And this random account does. You always have to be skeptical with stuff like that. And then from there, it is lying season. So when you see contradictory information, 
don't assume that that means, oh, this person is full of it. We've seen yep. reports conflict. We've seen the Kings will treat, trade De'Aaron Fox. We've seen, no, 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 the Kings won't trade De'Aaron Fox. What you have to do is read between the lines a little bit and think, who does this benefit? Where yep. is this information coming from? Who does it benefit? Because different sides will put out different versions of their story. So you have to think a little bit deeper. Don't take everything at face value. Enjoy. This is a great time of year. This is one of my favorite times of the year because there's all these possibilities flying yeah. around and it's a lot of fun. But what winds up happening is when you believe the wrong people, when you listen to the wrong people and you don't do your due diligence in terms of looking at these sources, you can wind up getting very disappointed. Yep. When a deal that you then, thought is going to happen doesn't wind up happening. There it is. And that's when people get mad too. Yep. It's like, why did, you know, GMX not make this trade? I was told, exactly. you know, that this offer was out there. And it's like, you were told that by, you know, Joe five followers who, you know, made that up. So yeah, it's no, well, we're, we're there. We're, yes. we're in complete agreement on this. So, you know, guys enjoy it, have fun, you know, go crazy. It's, you know, a big, big part of it. Just, you know, take, two seconds to look at where it's coming from and like just be huh, careful this is weird you know absolutely and we will do a live question and answer soon we yeah. haven't picked, picked an exact date but i'm talking about within the next few days we'll do a live q a we'll go over a lot of trade stuff with everybody we'll take questions and comments so be on the lookout for that that's going to be coming we're here to help people get through the trade deadline and get through mm -hmm. it without falling for some of the, the <laughs> crap that's that's out there frankly Yep. And you just clinched. One of the two of us is going to retweet a fake account within the next few days uh, and feel like a complete dummy. That's but, right. Yeah. It, it happens to all of us, but just yep. <laughs> there's steps that you can take to try to minimize your chances of getting, of being had in a situation yep. like this. Absolutely. All right, everybody. Appreciate you joining us. Thanks for uh, for coming in here and make sure you do subscribe to the NBA front office YouTube channel. Turn on those notifications as well and follow us over on the podcast version, whether you're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever it is that you listen to podcasts, follow us there as well. Till next time, stay safe and see ya.